Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. On today's episode, Rove returns to help me discuss the finale to Season 1 of Marvel's Loki. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I want to know why aren't we seeing this the same way here at Big Squid. Before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who joined in for our second remote viewing party on Saturday night. Saturday just gone past, which was the 17th of July. A bunch of us synced up my last podcast, which was an audio commentary for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we all watched the movie together with people from all over the world joining in. It was Heaps of fun. We've already done The Untouchables, so now we've done Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it was full of all the members of our private Facebook page. Uh, We were just uh, on a thread. We were writing to one another. We were watching the film. We were listening to the podcast. Oh, I had to listen to my own voice. Yuck. That part is a struggle for me, but I've got to listen to it so I know when people are commenting. Even the people who were like 20 minutes ahead, there were a few of you. We're 20 minutes ahead, and so I was trying to keep up with where you were. But anyway, it was such a good time, and I know a lot of people are struggling in lockdown at the moment, and, you know, it's just been a pretty tough time uh, for the last 18 months, even two years if you go back uh, towards the bushfires and things like that. So because it's been so much fun, I thought, well, why don't we do it again? So this is how the week's going to turn out. So you've got this podcast, you're already listening to it, you've got it, you're already across that, I don't need to point out how that's worked. Then on Thursday, we will start the final season of The Leftovers, and then on the 24th of July, which will be a Saturday night, 
8pm Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to throw another remote viewing party and this time the movie will be Superman with Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman and directed by the recently departed Richard Donner. If you'd like to join in, come over to Facebook, join our private page and you can hang out with all of the Big Squid community and me on Saturday night while we watch Superman remotely together. It's fun. You might not think it's fun, but it is. And everyone's great. We have a really good time. So I'd love you to join in if you haven't before. And if you've already joined in, I hope you're free and can swing by again. And it kind of makes me feel okay about drinking wine by myself. Because <laughs> I'm not by myself. Because I'm hanging out with you. So thank you. Okay. I reckon now it is time to get into it. Let's bring Rove to the mic so we can discuss the finale to Loki. And let's just have a little listen to that opening credit scene again. Way to go, Tic Tac! That's how you punch. Wakanda forever! Nah, you wouldn't have heard of me. Let me put you on hold. Dance off, bro! He's a friend from work! I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. I'll show you for us. Hire further faster, baby. We have a lot of records. Gonna jump on that spaceship and get out of here. I'm gonna cook you. I'm Let's just get straight to it. What are your first thoughts on the finale of Loki? I was very happy. I liked the fact that not everything was answered because they knew they didn't have to. <laughs> yes. Because there's a season two, and as we're all looking at, there's only six episodes, and they're like, there's not six episodes. There's a whole lot more episodes. Um, that's That to me was probably the... The Kaiser Soze of television yeah. pulls that the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was having you not realize there's another six episodes to come. Yeah. <laughs> it might so, be. Yeah. So the fact that not every question was answered, yeah. I think a lot of people might be questioning who the Kang character even is. The you know um, the, the he at the he who remains. Um, whether that's satisfactorily answered yet or not for some people is all kind of like, well, yeah, because it's a to be continued. We need to hook you for the next one. Yeah. And I think shows like WandaVision would have loved to have had that. Yeah. So, um, so I thought it was, I thought it was, was great. I really, I really enjoyed it. Like it was, it was gripping and funny. And at the end had you go, oh, fuck. And that's what you want. Yeah. Anyone who listens to this podcast knew exactly who Kang was because I just did that little primer for them after we did episode three, just on a whim. And- yeah, and um, I thought it, they did a good job of trying to plant the seed of who this character is 
whether I think he will end up being Kang. I think at this point you may as well say it is Kang. But setting up the there are different versions of him. I am one of many of my kind that ended up in the various timelines. The version that we saw, the he who remains is probably not going to be the nasty Kang. As he was saying, there's other versions of me out there that you don't want to meet. And one of those will be Kang the Conqueror, probably the one that we saw the statue of at the end. So one of the most complicated villains in Marvel history, it's safe to say. Oh, it's a mess. Uh, I, I think, yeah, they've really done a good job of setting up how, you know, the guy who could be also Nathaniel Richards and Iron Lad and Immortus um, that it can also be Kang and the He Who Remains and everything else in between. Uh, I To try to make that palatable and make sense to a, a Disney Plus audience, I reckon they played their first stroke really, really well. Yeah, I thought they did a good job as well. Uh, I want to get back into the uh, Kang aspect of it pretty soon. Uh, also, don't leave. Did you like it? We this is like we've got we've gone. We were chatting about other things before we hit record, and we didn't even get to this. Did you like it? Oh yeah. So um, I also, don't leave out Ramatut and Scarlet Centurion amongst all these other goddamn aliases. This <laughs> arsehole. Of course. Of like, course. come on, mate. Just like just just pick a name. Um, and the fact that he has. If I have this right, he has his he has Kang, the character, has these amazing time traveling sort of powers yeah. that he gave himself by going back in time to give himself the powers. A different timeline version of him came back to give him those powers. Well he So he could go because he could so he could go forward in time to when he had the powers because he couldn't wait that long. Right. But Wow. And then, yeah, anyway, let, let, let's get into that in a sec. <laughs> look, look, listen to two or three episodes ago when you covered it all. We can't do it now. <laughs> we can. No, we can give it a we crack gotta... at least. Well, I... I, I... See what they're doing? This is the thing. This is what they're dealing with. To even say he's the big bad we're going to choose next, is a, it's a bold call. Mm. And to try to set him up is going to be very interesting, but they're going to do a good job of it. And I'm guessing season two comes out before Ant-Man and the Wasp where we do see Kang proper because I think that's that's something that they have said is going to happen. He, he's the villain in that in that film. So that's not till 2022. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they potentially shot season one and two of Loki back-to-back so that they can get it out quickly? Well, I saw a thing where Hiddleston said they're breaking the story now, and it's like, now? Like, like Ant-Man's meant to come out at the end of 2022, maybe beginning of 2023? Because yeah. I think, yeah. um, so... Well, yeah. everything's so late now. All the, all the films Every- that were meant to have been 12 months ago, yeah. and, you know, Black Window was meant to have been out last year, so, and, and some of them are even coming in a different order than initially planned. But, um, yeah, I think that even just to say that's where we're going with this is going to be it's, – it's a, it's a big dick move. Oh yeah, it's it's a really it's a really big swing, and uh, once again, takes a concept that DC in the comics had really nailed and whips it 
right from under <coughs> them again. Marvel's very yeah. good at that. Uh, I really enjoyed yeah. the uh, finale mainly because, and some of the listeners to this podcast noticed it immediately and started writing to me that they figured I would have enjoyed it because it wasn't a CGI slugfest. It actually yeah. was a culmination of the beats that you had set up for the characters all coming to a conclusion which ended up with our main character, Loki, actually growing throughout the series and getting to a point where he is objectively a better person and being a better person didn't work out for him. And it was yeah. and it was amazing that she was incapable of overcoming her perceived flaws. And my favourite bit of acting in the whole episode was, I don't know how long we were on Tom Hiddleston's face after Loki gets kicked back into the TVA, but it feels like the camera mm. just sits on his face for about 20, 25 seconds and you feel the utter devastation that that character is feeling. And I thought that was uh, phenomenal. But... Uh, and because if, if it was going to happen, didn't we all kind of think it was maybe going to be the other way around? I think even last week it was Sylvie saying, you know, if we get to the end here, are you going to yeah. turn on me? So, um, yeah, so I think that was that was really well done. And I think it, it made sense that the two of them had had that disagreement at the point that they had it. Yeah. Logically speaking, from both points of view, it made sense. Um, and man alive, I was transfixed on Jonathan Majors who played He Who Remains, who has been confirmed as playing Kang. When we saw him, I did think, oh, okay, here we go. But I, I thought that they would maybe show their hand more than they did. But some of those shots where he's sitting behind the desk and there's just a slow zoom in as he's talking and then he makes a point and then they slow zoom back out again. Yeah was just gripping. He's amazing and rightfully so nominated for an Emmy for uh, Lovecraft uh, Country, which I think I mentioned in episode one. Yeah. Uh, again, if you get the chance, it's one season and then it's not hasn't been renewed for another. So all you have to do is dive in and enjoy some sci-fi fantasy happening around the Jim Crow era of yeah. uh, Southern uh, United States. But yeah, if you can track it down, I highly recommend it. He's great in it and he was amazing in this. Well, so one of the things that I would say was a, a mild criticism of the finale, uh, which I didn't have a problem with because as fans of Doctor Who, when you know that Doctor Who didn't have much budget, sometimes you get a lot of telling rather than showing. And yes. I, I felt like... You, you've watched Legion, haven't you? We've we've discussed yeah. this, yeah. Oh yeah. Some of the storytelling techniques in Legion could have really come in handy for that finale, just showing us kind of that there's been so much telling us about the multiverse and all of these things happening, and it's it'd be nice to see yeah, some the of pre, it. The pre-titles was it was what it was. Mm. I, I I I understood why it was there and you know, wonderful that they put all the quotes from the Marvel films and there's also a bit of Greta Thunberg and there's a bit of um, uh, Neil Armstrong and and a whole bunch of of, other famous quotes in there as we show the visual embodiment of what multiverses look like. Mm. Uh, So that was okay. I get that. 
Because if you don't understand the concept, we're trying to physically show you or visually show you because it's about to come into play big time in this episode. I wasn't as okay with the I'm going to show you with my little claymation version of myself how it all works. I did feel like, oh, my God, if you've watched all six of these episodes and that, that still doesn't make sense to you. I don't think we needed that three-minute explanation with the little clay models on the desk. I did feel that that was a bit more spoon-feeding than was really, really necessary. Just to say there's lots of different versions of me as, hello, we have physically two different Lokis in front of us. We get how this works, surely. We had last week, one of them was a fucking reptile. Yeah, We get how this works. For him to spend all that time to say, and some of them aren't as nice as me, so be careful what you wish for, I don't think we needed to spend that much time on it. That was one of those bits I just thought, ah, surely we all understand how to play this game at this point. Well, I think they just should have shown us because, once again, it was telling. Like if you you saw him in rooms with lots of people and then had a narration that was like, uh, you know, uh, but not everyone was like me. And then you see one that looks quite clearly a little bit evil, you know, or one mm-hmm. that's taking out one, you know, that's what I mean. You remember Legion would do that stuff with animation yes. on the walls and yeah. that, that would have been good. But the reason I bring it up is because our friend Ben Elwood, uh watched it on Friday and he thought his acting was awful and he hated the finale and he was so angry because he thought the series had so much potential but it was great because I got to listen it's like I got a a fan no I got a private podcast from Ben where yeah man like what's going on here like just just show us and that acting Heath Ledger everyone thinks they're Heath Ledger's Joker <laughs> and it's like yeah look you it know is, it's 10 30 11 one. o'clock on Friday night and I'm laughing my uh, ass off <laughs> look I you, you know you're dealing with a villainous character when he's eating a Granny Smith apple because yes. no one no one with a, 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 a sane mental state is going to eat a Granny Smith apple. You, Granny Smith apples are for cooking. You make pies with them. That's it. If yep. you're a person who enjoys the really tart, bitter taste of an apple that's far too large to enjoy in one sitting, then you are a supervillain. Yeah. I want to make that absolutely clear. I have never been behind Granny Smith at any point in my administration. And it's, look, if you if you really want to know, it's uh, it's pink ladies all the way for me. But just <laughs> Granny Smith's yeah. It, when he's when he the firstly the fact that you see this enormous door, and just a quick a quick reference to the art department work on the set. The fact that it looked fractured, the whole from the whole outside of the citadel to even going inside just looked like it was a shattered mirror. Was a really lovely effect that I thought was really cool. But when you see this enormous door and the sense of foreboding, and then you hear. Like it's an elevator, <laughs> yeah, was really great. And then it opens to see a man dressed in purple, the color of all villains, eating Granny Smith, the most evil apple of all. Yeah, uh, I, I I knew exactly where we were headed at that point. So um, I feel bad for Ben that he didn't enjoy it from there on in. But yeah, sure, I get that. There's the idea I'm a bit unhinged is is a very fine line to play, and yeah. for some people maybe it was crossed ever so slightly. I enjoyed it. Uh, the I think he's playing. So my guess is that he would be playing Nathaniel Richards, who becomes Immortus. Yes, and yes. so that that's that was my guess on where that was going, and uh, I, I don't know. Like I. I'd much rather see someone take a swing at a <laughs> at a um, 
performance than, you know, doing a stock standard oh, thing. Oh, yeah. And look, one of those ones, yeah, you can't hold back from it. There's, there was so much dialogue, as you said. Like, it was all telling and, and very little showing. So whoever whoever was having to deliver all of that dialogue had a lot of work to do. And you can almost pick the scenes that were the audition pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as, as the the partner of an actor, I know the scenes that they give you for your auditions, and I can guarantee you there were some of those in that, that moment where he was behind the desk. Um, but, yeah, I thought I, w- I certainly was, was uh, engrossed with what was happening because I was, I was waiting for the line. I was waiting for the reveal. I was waiting for him to announce who he is and his title. There was the very clear reference to... Um, I have I mean, I've been dubbed many names, a ruler, a conqueror, yeah. which was a, a very clear nod to, okay, this is who, who this character is. Um, but I was at that point, honestly, I was sitting there gripped to, are you going to say it? Are you, are you going to say that you are Kang at this point? Because even if you do, is it going to, to anyone else, does it make sense as a name that hasn't come up if you haven't been surfing the internet for the last six weeks? Yeah. So, uh, and then when he didn't, it was it was fine. It was a lovely, it was a lovely little cock tease, and I didn't mind. Yeah. No, I was good with tease, it. Tease, tease away, tease away. But sometimes when you do you deliver with that bit that everyone's waiting for, everyone goes, "Oh, yeah, I knew that was coming." <laughs> yes, you're in a bit and, of a no-win certainly, situation. Certainly, the way that they're going to do it now is like, okay, so this this version of him that we have met, the he who remains, is not the one that we will see later on. So Ben's going to really love the acting that's still to come if it's going to be even more over the top and and maniacally evil than what we've already seen. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I thought it worked, and the idea of someone who you've just met and probably don't trust, yeah telling you you've got one of two options it's either let me run everything or yeah chop my head off kill me wipe me out but then do you want to see what other options of me there are out there because i'm telling you there's worse like there's i'm sure a thousand shades of gray in there but you don't know he's the man who set up the stakes right so that that's to me was like that's a that was a big moment for our two Lokis that made sense for them to have that rift over, well, well, do we believe him of one of these two options? It's like pick a card and you've only got, you know, it's, it's, it's one's going to be red and one's going to be black. And you go, well, there's other, there's other cards in the deck. Yeah. That could be, you know, could be something else, but it's no, these are the only two options I'm giving you. It's like, (laughs) it made me think of, this is a big tangent we're about to go on, but back when we were doing uh, commercial breakfast radio, jeez, oh, just rolls wow. off the tongue. <laughs> wow. Um, we had to do a, um, a, a code of ethics training or whatever oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. part of it was there was this morals test, which it came up on The Good Place if anyone watched this show. <laughs> but it's, hey, you're on a train and the, the train line, the track splits in two. There's two people or three people tied to one track and there's one person tied to the other. Uh, which track do you choose? 
uh, and you're like, well, neither. I'll put the brakes on because I don't want to kill anybody. And they go, no, no, it has to be either one side or the other. And every, you and I have been the most annoying people in the class. Absolutely. Like trying to throw out other, other options. Well, I'm going to kill the uh, two people because they're both axe murderers. And they're like, you don't know that. I'm like, no, I do because of we've endowed them with all these uh, <laughs> attributes that haven't been put on the table. But watching this uh, psychologist try to force you to make a choice based on the para- only the parameters that they give you and if you try to weasel your way or or try to talk your way around well what could be the other options they're saying to you no these are the only two options and you have to make a choice that's what we saw in this yeah. when you're like wait a minute this can't just be the only two choices but when the person delivering them to you is saying trust me that's it well yeah which way which way do you side yeah it was fun to watch uh, and once again really kind of paid off uh, where they set up the series was going to go and that's I think that's mainly what I enjoyed about it it was funny early in the season Loki said that trusting anyone but yourself is foolish and trust was only for children and dogs and then he trusted Sylvie who Mm. rejected him and uh, he also trusted Mobius who now doesn't remember who he is so do you reckon what's going to happen next season is he going to stay this Loki will he slide back into some wicked ways or does he evolve into a different type of Loki yeah, I hope we don't just go back to, you know, resetting where we were at the start of this mm. where, yeah, okay, now he has to convince everybody um, of of the TVA being false and they are the replicants and everything else. I think um, – I hope we don't get too bonked down in that, but I feel it'll be a pretty quick – reveal yeah um and and who knows just because this mobius doesn't know who loki is doesn't mean that he's not already self-aware of the situation um i feel that there may even be another loki that's already in the building who knows so that part of it to me is interesting i'm also interested to see with um the ravona character Mm, yeah because as she so she's left wherever she went. We don't know. And she was basically saying that I need, um, Mobius is saying, well, the TVA is a liar when he comes back. And she says, yeah, but what if it's a necessary one? Someone created this whole place uh, and that gave us something to do. And I have to believe they did that for a reason. So when she steps out, he's like, where are you going? And she says what I need to do. So I don't know what that is. Yeah. But for someone in her position, it's like, okay, so where are you headed and to what dimension and 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 what the outcome of that could be is, is what I'm actually most interested in at this point. Well, she's an interesting character because it was only yeah. episode five where she ordered Miss Minutes to bring her all the files on the TVA and then uh, Miss Minutes brought all these other files and said he thinks these will be more useful. Yeah. Uh, the- and when you saw Miss Minutes in the Citadel, by the way, did we all go, I bloody knew it! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Never trusted that little cartoon arsehole. But the, um, her name in the, you know, when they went and saw her as the vice principal, her name there yes, was yes. Uh, Rebecca Tormenay, uh, which is another alias she uses in the comics. She's she's killed yes. variants of Kang as well. So Ravona is a, uh-huh. she's a formidable character, but it was, it was interesting because because I, I I never quite 
uh, understood, and I don't know if this is was uh, like I was meant to understand this or not, but I never quite understood if she did know what was going on and was playing dumb, or if she was, mm. or if she did just believe in the TVA and just bought into it wholesale and yeah, has no idea where, about you know. Yeah, this is this is where again the the benefit of going into this knowing they had multiple seasons is is wonderful Mm. so all these different layers that can peel off we don't have to rush every character's development and and story arc in in one season Mm. um because some of them like i do feel like the mobius character was perhaps rushed in for someone who seemed to be such a dyed in the wool believer it didn't take a whole lot for him to believe a variant who's seen as the villain and will do and say whatever he can to to get what he wants and to, and to fool you. Um, it does sort of feel like, yeah, maybe he was a bit quicker to have the blinders taken off than, than he should have. I, I agree okay. totally. No, but that's that's getting back to, you know, when we were banging on about how episode three is a real handbrake episode. And if you, if you cut the low-key part of the story in half and have it juxtaposed with... One of my frustrations was Mobius was set up to be really good at his job. So why not keep going back and forth and showing him being good at his job and learning stuff on his own that off the back of things Loki's have said that starts he starts to put things together and then seeing him talking to Ravona and not trusting her as the Loki start to trust each other that just would have given us that beat I reckon yeah because you think Loki dropped that that bit of knowledge on him right as he was about to get put into the loop where he's going to get his balls kicked yeah. over and over and over for eternity. So he would say whatever he needs to say to prevent <laughs> that from happening. Yes. So um, there was even a point towards the end when uh, Loki says to Sylvie, when she, she's calling him a liar or says that he, he's a liar, and he says, is that is that what you think of me after all this time? And I'm thinking, I don't think it's been that long. Yeah. this You were in the same grotty shirt from episode two. I don't think it's been that long. How many, we haven't, there's no gauge of time here. And from what I can gather, it's maybe been two or three days for them. Like that's it. That's where part of the them falling in love thing and how quickly he's changed his character you know, because it hasn't really been made clear, you could say, well, where they are is actually this, the, the big, you know, head fuck of this whole thing is surprise. It's been years and years and years while they've been trapped in this, in this whole thing. Yeah. So, but there's one of those things of, of me going, yeah, I'm constantly reminding myself it hasn't been six weeks for these characters. It might be more, but it might be a lot less because we're not seeing day and night here. So it's a similar one with the the Mobius character, which is why I like the fact that Renslayer has stayed true and we haven't really seen where her loyalty lies. The one time we saw her perhaps seemingly falter was when she was trying to nab Sylvie, and I think it was all pretty obvious at the time um, that she was bullshitting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and the fact that Miss Minutes still seems to be in on it, who, again, once again, big shout-out to Tara Strong, who's the voice of Miss Minutes, when she was doing that, what do you want? I can give you every, you know, do you want to win in the, do you want to win the Battle of New York and win it all? Do you want to defeat Thanos? You can have whatever you want. Just done in that beautiful, um, uh, uh, tempting uh, voice that she had, um, 
I thought was that was really, really well done, almost to the point where you went, I didn't think she was going to be the reveal of the big bad, but I was like, well, if she's some version of it, yeah, one of the many Kang variants is actually Miss Minutes, and who's to say that isn't the case? Yeah. I would I would buy into that because she delivered that like the absolute pro that she is. It was wonderful. Yeah, she comes from an animated universe, and uh, I, I, I she knows what she's doing for sure. I feel like time uh, wherever they were at the end is a little bit like people living together in lockdown. <laughs> it feels like it's only been three days, but it might have been six weeks. I have no idea what time it's, it is anymore. It's very much that. But I'm also interested. So okay, we, we we're having a great little reveal to pull the rug out from all all the people watching to go, ha-ha, um, Mobius B-15, don't know who Loki is. Okay, that's fine. But somewhere is a TVA where Mobius and B-15 do know what's going on. They've gone back to Renslayer. They're showing all of the Minutemen, all the TVA agents, Hey, look, see, see, this is what's going on. This yeah. is all of us. We've all been plucked out of here. Now let's let's burn this place to the ground from the inside. Great. But B-15 got shown her life, whatever that was, but that's what snapped her out of this. Do any of them want to go back to that? Right. Like it seems to be a piece of information that's given to the characters to justify why they lose faith in the TVA and why they want to rip it to pieces. But at the same time, does that not just happen by you guys going, take me back to my actual life? Well, I, that, like, that's, that's a something for me that I would still like to see resolved at some point. And as we head into season two, and I don't know if there'll be a three, four or beyond, it becomes a, okay, I'll put a pin in this, but I need you guys to show me at some point Maybe the final shot of the final season in seven years' time is Owen Wilson on a jet ski, but I need to see that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's definitely going to happen at some point. So I you don't get shown all of that to have you go, oh, that's really cool. That's opened my eyes. Do you want to go back to your wife and kid and jet skis? Nah, just good that I know, though. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. It's always been the uh, the fundamental issue with the Matrix. Why would you want to wake up? Yes. That place is awful. Yeah. <laughs> why, not, yeah. why not stay in the place that's... Uh, Sticking along nicely, but did, so so did they go to? So did Loki go to another version of the TVA? Or see, I kind of That's, read that as the TVA had been overwritten, so it was the same one, but it had been overwritten by. Or is that? Right, or am I splitting hairs? Well, I think it is. I yeah. think it's just semantics. It's either you know because of the uh, because he who remains has been killed yeah um which i thought was quite shockingly done i didn't think it would be as instantaneous as that yeah but then you see all the branching of the timeline so suddenly all bets are off whatever this one true timeline is is now lost in a sea of yeah of others yeah it's like if you know you finally found the needle in the haystack and someone just dumps a whole bunch of other needles in there so so it, i don't think even has any relevance as being a true timeline or not anymore so it's either yeah that one Either Loki's in that one and it's been corrupted or he was sent back, but where he is sent back to is now there's no one timeline so you can end up anywhere. Uh, is Either way, you're kind of getting the same outcome. Yeah. Uh, I think I feel the version he left that has the TVA aware of what's going on 
still is in there somewhere yeah. for him to find his way back to, and that perhaps is going to be his mission for season two. Well, it's interesting because when we first met Mobius, he'd studied all the Lokis and was an expert in them, and this guy had mm. this version of Mobius had no idea who Loki was. Yeah, but also in a way that, like, it's, he may as well have been the, the guy from the mailroom come up. Yeah. He didn't seem too alarmed. He's just like, who are you? Yeah. It was, it's a funny... It wasn't like there was no alarm sounding or anything like that. No, it's just like, well, he's still in the uniform, isn't he? So maybe he, he does look <laughs> yeah. like he's from the mailroom. And dude, you need to wash yeah. that thing. That thing stinks. Yeah, that smells like you've been wearing it for three days or six months. I can't work it out. <laughs> yeah. He was he was very sweaty when he got back in there. It looked yeah. like he'd been running for a long, a long time, time through that office. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a very big office. It's um, it's a big place. We've already seen it for when yeah. looking through the windows. Um, you do it in a suit, you know. And he, is, is he going to take the tie off? No. no, no, no. Keep it on. He respects his look, though. Yeah, you know, dress for the job you want. He's got that. He's got that. It's an interesting look for Loki. I wonder if he'll get a new costume in the uh, next series. I think whatever it takes to help us understand which one we're looking at yeah. at that point in time. You know, it's always the you know at some point if a, if in a storyline or a uh, a series or a, or a film where there's some sense of time travel or more than one version of a character, always keep an eye out for when someone's an item of clothing gets ripped or they get sort of punched in the eye or usually it's a cut on the cheek yeah. just to help you know which one's which yeah. as as we work through this. <laughs> so that's my, that's what I get for this one. Okay, whenever we see Loki in a in a dirty business shirt and tie combo we know that's that's the one that we're meant to be looking at and also makes i think a very a, a bit of an easier halloween costume yeah it certainly does <laughs> easier cosplay that's what they're looking at yeah here. they're trying to be as helpful as possible keep the cost down yeah. um so- yeah i cannot wash my long black greasy hair and wear a dirty business shirt yeah that's how i look in lockdown yeah Thanks, Disney. Yeah, I'm Loki. That works. Um, so with the branching timelines, does this mean the animated What If series will actually be canon for those other worlds? Because uh, it also feels yeah. like this series sets up the next Spider-Man and Doctor Strange movies. It feels like WandaVision and Loki have helped set that up, actually. Yeah, and as we've talked about a lot in this series, it's like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Quite clearly they came into this without playing their hand i think we've we'd even discussed in in the middle of all of this how these shows work and where they fit and the idea that they're all just one-offs that slot into a particular point i think even as recently as last week where i was saying well you can't go too far with these because there's a there's a, a, a finish line you have to come back to at some point yeah um but they perhaps pointed out in this in this series that no that's not the case because we just like picked up the Etch-A-Sketch and shook it, and now it's completely gone. Everything that's been written can now be rewritten. We watched a particular timeline where Loki was killed by Thanos, but since we have seen that, that doesn't mean that this Loki that's been taken from that timeline has to end up there now. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so yeah, that's that's a, a big part of it, and whether it opens what if to make that, uh, part of the main timeline of stories in their own alternate universe, they've now set that up as a possibility. And as we have talked about multiple times, they already know if it is or not. They've, this is a long con on on all of us as the stupid marks who were just 
have, have walked in and put our money down for the shell game and they're going to strip us dry by the end of it. Well, it's it, like they dropped a hint of it in Doctor Strange and then they did the fake out with the last mm. Spider-Man movie. So they've been priming yes. us for this, uh, mm. which is interesting. So I'm guessing the multiverse war feels like it'll be the next big storyline. I read that Kevin Feige has been sitting down with all the 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 team of writers and that and uh, come um, saying that they're coming up with the rules for how it will work. What do you think is the yeah, right. what what do you think is a potential uh, misstep they can make with the multiverse? Oh, um, r- ruining um, ruining the stakes. Yeah, like just diminishing all stakes. One of the sorry, I just realised my daughter is singing in the other room, and I can hear it. Comes <laughs> like, what is that? Sounds like it's she's. It's the time of day where she gets like a happy drunk. Right. She's coming out of the bar at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. she, all the endorphins at the end of the day. We, <laughs> we, we dub it sing a clock at our house. So that's where we're at. But um, the comparison I would make is the show Westworld, if anyone's watched the TV show Westworld, where it's now at the point of I don't know if anyone's an actual robot in this or not. So anytime a character gets gets killed, yeah. I, I don't feel anything because it's like, well, they might be pointed out that they're a robot. And if they're not, well, the moment's gone and I, I missed it. Yeah. So I feel that, that that's the biggest trap that they play here is someone like even Loki, if if he was to get killed in an episode, you would sit there thinking, or Sylvie is probably a better example. You would sit there going, yeah, but we also know that there's probably countless other Sylvies and countless other universes. They're not, not every Loki is going to be Sylvie, but it also means that this one Sylvie is probably not the only Loki variant that's female. So that's the biggest trap that they could fall into is that, well, there's so many options for there to be so many of these characters. Like if you went into in, uh, Endgame, with the idea that we know there's different multiverses and you know the the time travel they were doing was one was along one timeline but if there was the idea of yeah but there's also a potential other captain america or tony stark in another multiverse that could make its way into this one all of that heartache that you felt and emotion that you felt when these characters were taken away would have been negated by the fact you're like, yeah, but there's another one somewhere that can find its way in. So that to me is the biggest, the biggest pitfall heading into a multiverse of madness. That's the tricky part. I reckon that is exactly Mm -hmm. the tricky part there where there aren't any stakes and you know, you kind of, uh, it just kind or of we demean. can just go back and reset everything yeah. anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you kind of demean what you've experienced, and uh, you, you don't mm. want to have all the stories suddenly become redundant. In that case, it's it's kind of funny because now that they're getting, you know, they own the, um, you know, the Fox movies, so that uh, yeah. and you know they've got the deal with Sony, so they can. So the rumors are that Alfred Molina is and. Willem Dafoe are back as Doc Ock and oh, Doc Ock and uh, and Green Goblin and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are meant to be turning up in the next Spider Man movie and I guess you know it was kind of a cool idea. It's like well, if there's a multiverse, then you can sort of say all of these movies are just as relevant. But there is a part well, of me look- that's like, 
you know, well, then if you bring the characters back, I don't know. It's just, it's just you're just in a very tricky place to make sure that it still has some weight. Well, that wouldn't surprise me because that's, I guess, what they did with Quicksilver in, mm. in WandaVision. And whether that was testing the waters or whether that's led to fan speculation of, oh, that's what they were doing, uh, I, I feel it's, it's a possibility either way. But, again, you've got to be, I think, also just you can be too meta for your own good. Yeah. Um, and you don't, I, I think that's the other problem they can get. You can get stuck navel gazing where it's like, how clever are we to be able to show why each of these movies is the actual movie? Because each of these Spider-Man uh, actors that have changed almost with every film are all official Spi- spider man or spiders man yeah spider man spider spider they're, they're all <laughs> peter parkers yeah uh and they and all of them are official even though uh toby Maguire was never seen with uh robert downey jr on screen he still was an official spider-man and here's how we make that happen i just think at some point they, well, they just need to be careful if that's where they're headed yeah that they don't get too clever for their own good with a bunch of people who go, it's fine. We never, we never were worried about that anyway. Yeah, it's it's it is a. Although if you recast Hugh Jackman, then sure, you need to justify why there's a different Wolverine. Like it's going to be hard, I reckon. I would not accept it. Yeah, if they're going to you recast know, it, they've yeah. got to go a. Look. They've got to go the classic Wolverine. They've got to go the. You know how Wolverine's meant to be five foot three. Yes, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go go that kind of Wolverine. Go a go a stocky MMA kind of fighter, Wolverine. Um, it, before we get into the rest of that, the um, what do you reckon happens to Sylvie from here? Because it's she fulfilled yeah. her lifelong mission, and it was. Well, I feel wrong. like now I, I I assumed she's now in the position of she's in the driver's seat, so she's just you know derailed the train yeah or well, basically i guess you know the train is still going but she's taken out the driver yep. so she's now I, I assume that when you're in that citadel that you're in control of everything because that was the idea kill me and it, it's yours you take over um as much as it releases all these different timelines now it's your job to choose do you let them all happen or do you do you prune them all into the one that you want so I I assume that we at least for the start see her there dealing with the repercussions of what happened, um, or we, you know, Loki gets to the end of the next season or at some point finds his way back there and man, how long has she been there? Right. Well, it- you know, the 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 guy that she. Uh, disposed of was was very much that. I don't even know how long I've been here anymore. All I know is it's been a long time and I'm over it. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's a really interesting idea of, you know, coming back and finding, you know, for Loki, it was only a short amount of time. And for her, it's been centuries. Right. She also, I assume she still has a temp pad so she can just kind of jump out if she wants to. Yeah. Cause she, she used it to get him out, but he doesn't have it obviously. Yeah. So again, that kind of gives us a, a get out of jail card up her sleeve. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, the idea of her now dealing with the ramifications of of her actions is is really interesting. Yeah, I felt like that character got more interesting as the series went along. Uh, kind of course corrected mm-hmm. a little bit too much. As I said, it was a 
bit of the Claras, you know, telling us that yes. she's important. And then they started to kind of give us some extra bits and pieces. I will say uh, our friend Adam Richard uh, suggested this to me, and uh, I think he's right, that – you know, I think there's been – we kind of forget that there was a lot of COVID uh, issues when they were making yes. this as well. So I do kind of give aspects of Loki, uh, a l- the things that I'm not that wrapped with, a little bit of a pass because I feel like they're probably – you know, like one of the fight scenes in front of the, with the TVA android robot things was was borderline Iron Fist, but yes. you, you kind of felt like you probably were trying to do that during COVID, where you only get so much, uh, you know, one on one time with anyone because you have to keep thinking about protocols and things like that. And yes, I- and and one, yeah, what what would have been an army of TVA agents ends up being one. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, I'm going to convince this one guy of, hey, look, see, oh, uh, Judge Renslayer. No, it's not her. One guy. Yeah. Now, can you tell everyone else what happened? Yeah. <laughs> okay, move along. I've got the I've got the next 500 TVA yeah. agents. I need to show this to. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to I try to give him a pass, you know. Yes, and that, absolutely. And that's what, yeah, what I was for, saying. For a lot of that, you, you absolutely have to. Yeah, and that's what I was saying to Ben when he was complaining about things. I said, mate, you obviously have never watched Doctor Who, where you are constantly giving them a pass on low budget or, you know, oh, this must be yes. the episode where they had to film another uh, story in well, a quarry. Well, you know, how, how soon you forget in Game of Thrones, in the first season, one of the biggest battles they ever had was not on screen. There was a scene where you see them marching off to battle and because they didn't have the budget in the first season yeah. they come back from the battle you, they cut to something else cut back to everyone now covered in mud and a bit of blood going oh good battle guys geez, that was we won on. yeah geez only that was that was amazing <laughs> we weren't quite at the point of john snow trying to escape a mountain of people who were crawling on top of him yeah uh we didn't have that budget at that point so yeah you literally didn't the battle happened off camera yeah <laughs> which is amazing for a show like that so, yes, uh, again, same with this, I'm sure. And, and uh, like you say, not just for budget reasons, but more for COVID reasons. Um, yeah, you know, it would explain why Alligator Loki probably had a mask on in the back of that, that scene. That we saw, that's, that's <laughs> well, I think that was one of the main problems that hit uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think they had yes. uh, some COVID issues and then they had a storyline about a, uh, a virus or something that they exercised from the story, which which yeah. then when you're watching it and you're having these moments where these two characters seem like they really know each other, it's like, have we missed three scenes with them? <laughs> yeah. So you know what I've uh, just getting off the beaten track a little bit. You know what I wish in hindsight. I wish Falcon and the Winter Soldier had been a ninety-minute movie, and I wish Black Widow had been a six-part series. So we could have seen. Agreed. So we could have seen more of that world, and especially with them undercover. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Yeah, you're right. As a judgment call, it's kind of a strange one, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I don't know that you get that from Hawkeye as a series. Um, so that's, that's it. Yeah. I never thought of that, but you're right. Like, or, or whether it's because it's 90 minutes is what made, um, is what made Black Widow good. If it was a series, maybe not, but, but I was far more invested in those characters Yeah, and, and, and could have, I, like you say, I could have sat with them more in that family dynamic and you could have really, um, stretched that out and let it breathe a little bit more is probably a better way of putting it. Whereas for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah, I could have done that 
that could have been condensed into something that I, I would have accepted as yeah, it's an easy yeah hour forty five yeah would have been would have been much more palatable and, and I probably would be less critical of it yeah yeah definitely uh, so did you know uh, I don't know if you saw it during the week but Kevin Fag has admitted that Contessa Fontaine is definitely in recruitment mode so you know how I was oh. saying oh I feel like she's setting up a um, yes 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 you know so. He didn't admit she's the new, like, a, a counterpart to Nick Fury, but I just remembered Nick Fury's in space. Remember we discovered he's yes. in space. That, is it with the scrolls? Is that yeah, where he is? Yeah. yeah. So she might be – that might be what her motivation while is. The while the cat's he, away. Absolutely. Well, the, well, the, well sorry, while the, the man whose face was scratched by a cat <laughs> is away. Seems yeah, insensitive to bring it up for poor Nick. But uh, what, what do you reckon? Yes. Do you reckon it's a Thunderbolts? Or do you reckon it's a Dark Avengers or a Masters of Evil type team that she's I getting? I think dark, yeah, dark Avengers is, is probably – where it's headed because it's again just it, it makes sense from a marketing point of view mm. um again you sort of have to you do have to look at what's the one that's the easiest to kind of put forward to people um having said that kang is not one of those characters i would have thought would make sense in that way but if you know what you're doing you can you can deliver it in a way that makes sense um and man now i i i, I think we discussed this already but her character sometimes seems out of place with the performance that she's delivering mm. in in this world um but the idea of of her and and uh, Samuel L. Jackson sharing the screen would be wonderful to see. Oh, that yeah. would be a script writer's dream. Well, if you if you get uh, this Dark Avengers team, and once again, if you have people like uh, the uh, Yelena Black Widow, and you have Sylvie Loki. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a few characters there. You know, even John Walker's US agent. He's He's not yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. guy. He's just like he's compromised. You know, he he can't yes. live up to the ideals. Then you have a team that are kind of doing what they think is right, but uh, these really grey characters. I think that's a interesting place to go storyline wise. Yeah, yeah, and and then does it make an audience have to choose between which of the regular Avengers heroes that they side with? Yeah, I think the, the, the you can have the like you say, a villainous team that is still working in shades of grey, yeah. Um, so that it's not, it doesn't have to be so cut and dry, and they can still be in there up against what is your very clear big bad, yeah. And there's a fun dynamic to be had of when you can bring those two sides together for the greater good of saving the planet, or or the entire universe or whatever it might be before they split up and go to war again. Is, is there's a lot of there's a lot to have in that before you've gotten all the blood out of that stone. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm curious to know if we're going to end up like is Kang going to be the big bad guy, or is there going to be maybe a few competing storylines? Because we've got we've got multiverse madness, so that's you know mm-hmm. supernatural kind of area ticked then you've got super spy adventures captain america mm-hmm. winter soldier black widow all of that kind of stuff but then you've also got the science fiction side of things which will be guardians of the galaxy yeah. i think thor maybe fits into the sci-fi aspect of things yeah, now yeah yeah so and he's he's back with guardians of the galaxy in, in some respects too like yeah. that's a that's a connection that's still there um yeah i i see no reason why you couldn't have m- 
multiple versions of this character that will at some point be addressed as Kang. Um, but for now is the he, well, I think the he who remains version is gone. Um, but yeah, that the same different versions of the same character being played by the same actor can crop up in, in various movies. I think you've now created a very versatile big bad who can exist for whatever you need him to be in various films, even if they are on the same timeline, the idea of him crossing over in and out of them makes sense. You've set that up and it just means you can, you can tailor make him to be whatever you require him to be against whoever that is, Mm. which helps you not have to dip into that well of, okay, now we've done, we're done with Thanos. What do we do? And you've only got so many villains that you can bring in and out of here. Yeah. So, you know, Mephisto's standing by. There's still plenty of options. But why not sit with this one for as long as you can, which means, okay, if you get stopped in in this one film as this one version of him is not to say he can't turn up in the next one, same actor, alternate version of him like we've seen with Loki. I think that makes absolute sense and is a really smart way of playing it. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because you have these, like it'd be, it's too soon to get to a big bad as well. Like it it took 10 years before we really got to Thanos. So. And as we've mentioned already, like he's, he's had so many different uh, versions of himself Mm. in, in the comic book folklore that you can, you can, bring any of them out and the audience will always know who it is because it's the, it will be the same actor playing the role every time. Yeah. So that, that to me says, yeah, you can, you can pick and choose what you need him to be for that film or series of films. I wouldn't necessarily think it's a full, uh, maybe in a full phase of, of MCU, you can have him dipping in and out of different versions of this of this character that in the end is revealed to be the one Kang. Um, but yeah, I reckon that's a that's a great way of of making the most of, of of your big bad. Yeah, it's interesting. Or do you do you have like maybe Contessa's the big bad of the super spy area and Kang's the you know, the supernatural. Well, I still feel like, you know, that she can work in the way that you had yeah, Thunderbolt Ross or something. Yeah. You're probably a bit more than him though, but you need you need your just you know, villain with a shit eating grin sometimes. Yeah. That's just and, and not the the super villain, just the the plotter schemer mm. guy that you don't or character that you don't like who's out to cause trouble. Um, and doesn't necessarily have all of the superpowers that means we're flying around shooting lasers at each other. And and she could play that role really, really mm. well. Yeah. In the same way that, you know, Nick Fury does on the on the side of good. Yeah. Um without being a hero himself as such. Yeah. I think that's a great that's a great position for her to play. He'll be in, and we've still got uh, not only the X-Men to be incorporated into this universe at some point, uh, but Fantastic Four, which has already been Fantastic announced. Four. So I wonder Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder and how that'll work out cuz then, you know, with Fantastic Four you get Silver Surfer and uh, Galactus. Yep. So there's mm-hmm. there's another Big villain for well down the track, and there's and there's obviously a Kang connection to the Fantastic Four. Yeah. That's you know, one of the the 
characters has a connection to Reed Richards as well. So, as well as Doctor Doom. Yeah. So, um, again, the wonderful complexity that you get from from the Kang character. You can. He's a cookie cutter villain. Yeah. You put him in, and, and I don't mean he's he's made to be just be one of many type of villains that you've seen before. By that I mean you can take him and pluck him and put him into whatever position you want him to be in because, you know, he's it's like he's made of moulding clay. Just turn him into what you want him to be. Jeez, he could be, you know, two different characters appearing in the same film and it would logically make sense to this universe. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, this is this again is all part of it. Yeah, the, it, I think the big the big um uh in- Indicator will be when we hear that uh, NEMs as a term, I think, will be a big flare that's been sent up to say it's about to happen here. Right. It is going to be fun. I've got one last question for you. Which mm-hmm. movie are you most excited for next? Uh, is it Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi Spider-Man. or Ant-Man? I think Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, look, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited for Doctor Strange. I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited for Ant-Man. But there's something about Spider-Man. I think they've got something up their sleeve. Um, and the Spider-Man films have been, I think, underrated. They're really, really good. And I don't know anyone who, who says otherwise. But you forget they're in there as part of this. Mm. They live in a weird grey area of, well, who owns them and are they officially part of, of MCU or not? So I think that the next the next one they will be really wanting to just put their stamp on it as yeah yeah we've we've officially brought this into the fold. So I think that they'll have something pretty big planned for that. Or certainly it's going to be it'll be a really really good movie regardless because even the ones that are official and part of the main storyline aren't necessarily going to be uh, you know. A, a fantastic or, or particularly good movie. And yes, I'm looking at you first two Thor films or Iron Man three, <laughs> but um, yes, but I think the Spider-Man ones have got a really good pedigree. So I think they'll be wanting to keep that. And again, just to really put their stamp on it. That's the one I'll be keeping my eye on. Maybe that was the deal with Sony to keep using Spider-Man was if we bring in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, we will legitimise your previous movies. So how's that for a deal? Uh, I think that'll be the same thing with X-Men. I think there will be something that will be put in place to, um, you know, whether it's with the original cast in some capacity or, you know, the the younger versions of them from future past, um, they will do something to say as part of this deal, like we're, we're not going to erase your history. We're going to embrace it and, and weave it into the fact the fabric of what we have in our universe. I think that's, and I think that's important too. I think it would, you know, I think, and it's and it's a smart way to go. Like, play the high ground and say, no, 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 we're 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 embracing this and we're bringing it into the fold. Only widens the uh, options that you have uh, from the main Marvel franchise. I yeah, I feel like that. Uh, it seems uh, the way it's going to go. I'm curious about Doctor Strange because I've been hearing reports that Sam Raimi is making it quite scary. Which it could, yeah, absolutely with this, yeah. Yeah, you can, it'd be, and it'd be good to see that character go dark. I th- I do feel sometimes they were trying to find their next uh, Tony Stark, mm. and I, I, I 
didn't always buy the wisecracking Benedict Cumberbatch as much. Mm. Um, you know, it worked. I think it worked the other way around with you know <laughs> when um, uh, poor Spider Man's trying to help out in the in the the streets uh, when you've got Doctor Strange there and and uh, Tony Stark turns to him and says, "Stop! You're embarrassing me in front of the wizards." Right. I mean, that kind of interplay was was great, but I didn't always feel that that was necessarily the right way for the Doctor Strange character. And I and I don't want everyone to be wisecracking. I no. know that's where Thorland is lives now. We've got, you know, Smart Hulk is is dabbing. Um I just feel like, yeah, not everyone needs to have a whip crack sense of humor. So the idea of turning if we can make Thor funny why not make Doctor Strange dark? Let's do it. Yeah, give us another flavour. Well, I guess it's um, yeah, exactly. I guess it's what if next? That's coming out. When's that? Yeah. Is that August? August. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to cover that. I'm looking forward to that. It's um, I'm not really a big animated fan, but um, I'm curious to see what because I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it because I always loved the comic so much. Hmm. Yeah, and again, there's a lot that can be done with it. Yeah, because it's not going to necessarily be something that that becomes important to the rest of the MCU at face value. But we'll see. Um, can it be more than just exactly what the title says? Oh, well, what if this favorite character of yours did something else? Um, that's and you know the trailer is very good, mm. um, but that, you know how how much do you? care about yeah whether yeah yeah the, the, of the scenarios that they set up or not if if it doesn't feel like they have higher stakes have have the mcu dug themselves somewhat of a difficult uh hole to get out of by every film and every piece of franchise they've made to date is all part of one big melting pot of mcu when you create something that at the moment, it seems like it's not that. This is sort of living in its own little world. Is that enough to get people in? I'll be very interested to find out. Or could it be? It might just be a really cool show like Love, Sex and Robots, which if you haven't seen it, is great. Or what What uh, Spider-Man and the uh, the animated Spider-Man film yeah. was. Um so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, though. I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Hey, uh, thanks for joining me, and I'll let you go so you can go off and duet with your daughter before she has to go to bed. <laughs> Indeed. And remember, you're a flea on the back of a dragon, but you did manage to hang on, so I guess that counts for something. <laughs> you to row for not only today's episode but for joining me throughout the whole Loki series it's always fun catching up with Rove not just because he's a friend but we are quite clearly uh, have a lot in common we have a lot of things that we really like and he's turning into our resident Marvel guy isn't he so hopefully this next series what if inspires us to have more excuses to do Marvel deep dives I think it'll be good you know, I think there'll be some stories that will probably be a bit, ah, oh, yeah, that was okay. And I reckon there'll be ones that will take us by surprise. I'm not really a big animated fan, but I always loved the comic and I've always loved the idea of it. I always wanted to do a series when I was a kid. I always wanted to pitch a TV show where you would take 
well-known movies and you would give them different endings. And the reason I wanted to do that was I love the movie The Great Escape with Steve McQueen and I always wanted to get him over that second barrier and get away to freedom and I always wondered what would have happened if he did make it. And then I thought, oh, that'd make a good TV series. And then I discovered the comic, What If? And I went, oh, this already kind of exists. Anyway, a little bit of a tangent before we leave. But uh, yes, hopefully Rove will come back and want to discuss that. I'll be back later on Thursday with the opening episode for the final season of The Leftovers. I just watched the episode today and it is even better than I remembered. Oh, I just love it so much. Then on Saturday, we'll do another remote viewing party and I'll record a podcast that can sync up with the original Superman movie to hang out with uh, me and all of the Big Squid community. Come over to our private Facebook page. Easy to join. Just ask and you can be a part of this. And look, especially if lockdown is making you feel isolated, if you're feeling a bit lonely, if you're feeling a bit exhausted... Uh, just come and hang out with us. Be a part of the gang on Saturday night and I I swear we'll have a really good time and it's a great movie. And, you know, also uh, what we did for the last one, if you didn't realise, was uh, I got everybody on the Facebook page to write their favourite scene so I would discuss it uh, as it went along. So you can join in with that as well. Let me know what your favourite scene is. I'll, I'll mention it on the podcast and discuss it and it'll be fun. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a top review at Apple Podcasts or recommend us to anyone you think might like what we're doing over here. That's always the best way to uh, increase your listenership is word of mouth is, you know, let's be honest, it's better than anything. So if you would like to, that is very nice of you. Uh, Let's finish today's episode with a quote from Loki himself. For all of the Loki episodes, we've had Loki quotes. So let's finish with a quote from Tom Hiddleston. Tom said, Every villain is a hero in his own mind. Loki has always definitely been the hero, no matter what is going on around him. Seems like an appropriate quote to finish on, especially where... We left Loki. Nice one, Hoodleston. Until then. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.